Our guests today are two great young soldiers and leaders in the Oregon Army National Guard, whom I was blessed to work with both of them when we were deployed to Kosovo in 2020. We were talking about this before we started recording, that one of the best people or one of the best things about the National Guard is the people that we get to work with from top to bottom. And so I think you're going to enjoy our conversation today. Several months ago, the Oregon Army National Guard brought together people from across our formations, from various ranks and career fields, young and those of us who are more senior, to talk about strength. Because I think anyone who has followed the news recently knows that the military is struggling to attract and retain good people. One of the gaps that we identified in that conversation is that Well, we talk to people who are leaving, and we find out why people are leaving, but we don't have a lot of data on why people stay in the National Guard. During that discussion, I learned about Staff Sergeant Jamie Burroughs and the success that she's had with retention or helping people make the decision to stay in. Staff Sergeant Burroughs has been with the Oregon Army National Guard for 11 years as a 35 Gulf, 35G, that's a geospatial imagery analyst with Delta Company, of the 741st Brigade Engineer Battalion, the BEB. Sergeant Burroughs deployed with the Oregon National Guard to Kosovo in 2020 as the GEOINT NCOIC, the non-commissioned officer in charge of geospatial intelligence for the 41st. Sergeant Burroughs is currently serving as the BEB's retention NCO, working with soldiers to help them with their choice to continue their career in the National Guard or to help them transition into full-time civilian life. Outside of drill weekends, Sergeant Burroughs and her husband, Sergeant Tyler Burroughs, he's also in the Guard. They live in Albany with their two dogs, Curtis and Cabernet. That's a, those are great dog names. Sergeant Burroughs works for the Oregon Department of Human Services and Child Welfare as an administrative assistant and is also a full-time student at Oregon State University, majoring in geography and geospatial science with a crop science minor. She hopes to pursue a career in precision agriculture working with drone platforms and geospatial technologies to help agriculturalists in the Willamette Valley better their lives and businesses. She brought along with her today Sergeant McCoy. Sergeant William McCoy has been with the Oregon Guard for five and a half years as of 35 November. That's a signals intelligence analyst where uh, we talk about SIGINT. If you hear us mention SIGINT, that's signals intelligence with Delta Company, 741st Brigade Engineer Battalion. Sergeant McCoy also deployed with the Guard to Kosovo in 2020 as the Joint Implementation Commission Intel and Admin NCO. We probably won't go too far down that rabbit hole on what the, the JIC was and what you, did, what you did there. Sergeant McCoy was also activated in 2021 to assist in the COVID hospital mission as a mental health technician shift lead for the Oregon State Hospital. Outside of drill weekends, Sergeant McCoy lives in Independence, Oregon, with his little sister and his dog, Bear, another great dog name. He enjoys gaming, working out, and being there for his family and his girlfriend. Sergeant McCoy works for L3 Harris Radio as a remote land mobile radio tech for the Pacific Northwest. Sergeant McCoy plans to become a warrant officer and wants to finish a 20-plus year career in the military. And when he retires from L3 Harris in his civilian occupation, he wants to go to school to be a chiropractor. And co-hosting with me again today is our acting Oregon National Guard Command Senior Enlisted Leader, Command Sergeant Major Lee Smith. Sergeant Major, always always a pleasure. Glad to be back. And back producing our show today is Sergeant First Class Zach Holden. Sergeant Holden, it's great to see you again today, too. Great to be back. 
Sir Burroughs, Sir McCoy, thank you guys. Uh, thank you. Thank both of you so much for taking time today to sit down with us and have this conversation on hope in the trenches. Of course, sir. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Well, so everyone has their guard story, kind of how and why they ended up in the guard. Sir Burroughs, let's let's start with you. How how did you end up in the guard? Straight out of high school, I went to Western Oregon University. Um, decided the hard way it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, but during my time at Western Oregon, I did the ROTC program. Um, officership also isn't for me. No offense, sir, <laughs> um, or any officers out there listening. I did love the military aspect, though. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at my options. The guard at that point in my life was the best thing for me. And so at 20 years old, shipped off to Fort Sill and then to Fort Huachuca to become a 35 golf um, and I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Everything in my life I owe to the garden. I'm so happy I made that decision. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, we'll have to unpack that a little <laughs> more. How about you, Sarah McCoy? What, what brought you? Um, it was mostly a, uh, it was mostly kind of like a challenge thing. I wanted to challenge myself more. I had a really high respect for um, personnel in the guard. And uh, I saw like how much they had like a fighting spirit. Mm-hmm. And I was always really kind of like a soft, sentimental person uh, growing up. And uh I kind of wanted more of that discipline and that uh, that push. Mm-hmm. Um, joining the guard, it, it really gave me that uh, strive to be better as like a person, and I, you know, just wanted to do that. Plus, also with hearing about like school benefits, and eventually with my goals of like going to school to be a chiropractor, to go for like kinesiology, mm-hmm. and uh, it just really it was there was a lot of incentive there. But I think the main drive was that. Uh, that push to, I guess, better myself and to mm-hmm. be stronger mm-hmm. as an individual. Yeah. And to learn that discipline, that was a big, that was really attractive to me too, mm-hmm. a, a, as a young man. Now, did either of you have family members or other connections to the military or the guard? Other than ROTC, not particularly. My grandpa um, lied about his age to join the army when he was 16 <laughs> years old, um, hung out in Germany for a bit, but that's about the extent of our military history in our family. So I'm the first one to actually pursue a career long term. Oh, wow. Good yeah. for you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no. My my family, completely different. No one's in the guard or in the army in general or in the military. Um they actually were very against me joining in the military. They didn't want me to like get hurt or anything to happen to me. And so they're all like, you know, you better not join, you know, the army or, you know, the military in general, because they wanted to protect me. Um, again, I had that drive mm-hmm. to go forward. So as soon as I turned, uh, I turned 18, I had that idea, but I put it off for a little bit because I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life. And then at the age of like 21, I was like, you know what? I just, full send. I got to do it. <laughs> had to, had so, to scratch that itch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I do have like family, like my grandfather or my great grandfather that was in mm-hmm. the military. Um, I don't know where that all went, but at the same time, uh, over my mother's or my father's generation, they just, they said no to the military. And I guess I changed that. So, well, that's, I mean, that's not unusual and, mm-hmm. and that's really fascinating that, that neither of you had those immediate connections to the military because what is it, Sergeant Major, we've heard over and over again that I think 79% of people who serve in the Army today have an immediate connection or immediate family member who has served or is serving in the military. That's correct. Becoming a family business almost. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's a very small percentage of folks like yourself who mm-hmm. are joining the military that have no connection to or no family members that are uh, were serving. So quick question, and how, how does your family feel about you being in the military now? You've been in five and a half years, it was? 
Yeah, yeah. How do they feel in, about it now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been in for five and a half years. Been on, you know, a CONUS and OCONUS or like overseas deployment, and also here in the states. And uh, they're they're supportive now. Um, they it took them a little bit to get used to me, you know, being a soldier. But at the same time, uh, they're they're proud that I'm striving for a goal that I personally made and I want to attain myself. Um, it did take a little bit of talking to them to, especially my mother to reassure her that I'm not, you know, going to go like, you know, into the trenches, if you will. And, right. you know, be fighting like world war two style or anything. So okay. <laughs> that's good. Good news. Well, so Sergeant Burroughs in your new position with the guard, you serve as a battalion retention NCO. Can you tell us some more about that position and kind of how you got into that role? Sure. Um, I started as the Delta Company 741 retention NCO appointed by our command team at the time. And each company has a retention NCO in the 41st Brigade. Um, and I, I loved it. All I wanted to do was help soldiers, and it's the best opportunity to do mm. that. At the company level, the retention NCOs meet with soldiers starting at 450 days prior to their ETS just to see where they're at. Um, whether they want to get out, they want to stay in, what we can do for them in the meantime, because they can't sign that extension until 365 days. And that's when it comes down to, okay, what do you really want to do? How can we help you? Why do you want to stay here? What do you want to do with your career? Let's pick a, a timeline that best helps you make those decisions. Um, as the Italian retention NCO, I help the, the company retention NCOs help their soldiers. Mm -hmm. And then I also interview soldiers who are within 365 days who are saying, no, thank you. Or I don't really know what I want to do and kind of get an idea of, well, what brought you here? Why ha have you accomplished the things you want to do? And if you haven't, let's see if we can add one year to your, to your career and go from there mm -hmm. and revisit and do this all over again. That's really good to hear that uh, you're taking that role on, and it excites me a little bit because that's uh, one of the initiatives that we had a, about a year and a half ago of creating the ICRS program, Integrate uh, Council Retained Soldiers, and each unit had to have the retention NCO that was actively working like you are, so that's, that's good news. It makes me smile, so thank you for taking on that role. Yeah, of course, Sergeant Major. I know that it's working for the BEB. Um, and I, this is my second month as the retention NCO for the BEB, for 741 BEB. Um, and the, the soldiers that are in charge of the companies are, are really doing well and making sure that they're an advocate for mm -hmm. the soldiers, whether they are coming up on their ETS or not, they're still helping them out, getting them their finance contacts, education contacts, letting them know how to sign up for TRICARE or what they can do to utilize their veterans' benefits and things like that. Mm -hmm. Now, do you remember that conversation that we had some months ago when we were here at Camp Whitcomb talking talking about strength and it came up that we we really don't feel like we have a good idea as to why people people stay in and, and you spoke up and you, and you talked about having those conversations. What, what has that been like? It did, really depends on the soldier, sir. Mm -hmm. um, soldiers join the guard for many reasons. And I mean, you heard Sergeant McCoy and I, we have mm -hmm. two different reasons for joining the guard. Um, they also stay for many different reasons. Sometimes they just use this as a part-time job, an extra few hundred bucks a month plus TRICARE, which is 
so much cheaper than any other healthcare that out there. Oh yeah. Um, they use it for education benefits and they maintain their careers within the guard to utilize tuition assistance, whether it's federal or state level. They also stay because this is their family. That's the, one of the biggest reasons I stayed for 11 years is that Delta Company 741, as well as the rest of the BEB, have felt like my family for the entire time I've been in the National Guard, and they've mm -hmm. been an amazing su support system during some of the hardest points in my life. Yeah, so Sergeant Major and I go to a ton of retirement ceremonies, and was just at one yesterday, and the the, the NCO who was retiring, he spent uh, just, just short of 26 years in uniform, and he, he introduced his family, but he, he did explicitly point out a couple times that all the other people there in uniform, he felt like they were part of his family as well. Yeah, I'm only five and a half years in, and I can already safely say that like as soon as I see anyone from my unit or anyone in green in general, I immediately am like, oh, they're, we, we can connect on mm -hmm. some level. Mm -hmm. And uh, it that family aspect that both of you mentioned, it's it's very much like enrooted into me now. And uh, it's it's a reassuring thing for me because I know that no matter what, I can safely rely on, you know, the person next to me who's, you know, going through everything with me or who might have had more experience or even less experience and know mm -hmm. that they could still carry themselves. And then if I need help or if they need help, we can go hand in hand. So. I definitely, I wanted to chime in and say that family is a huge thing for me as well. And it's not something that I expected to have, mm. but it is something that I found um, to be greatly beneficial and reassuring. So, Excellent. Hey, so uh, as the retention NCO there, Sergeant Burroughs, um, what do you typically tell folks when they're kind of on the fence of don't know whether to stay in, whether to get out, or what? what, what is the reasons you try to relate to them to actually stay in? I, mean, I know that you just mentioned a few, but why do you think they should stay in? Or what do you tell them? I let them know about the benefits they may be missing out on if they leave, Sergeant Major. That is a big selling point for soldiers, but also letting them know that the opportunities that they may miss out on in the future, if I would have left at my six-year mark, I wouldn't have gone on a deployment and been able to work with partner nations, been able to meet people in this mm -hmm. room, um, as well as I wouldn't have 80% GI Bill post 9-11. Okay. I wouldn't right. be able to do those things. But also soldiers have trouble at drill um, because of their family on the outside. Childcare is a big issue for soldiers. Um, losing money at their civilian positions mm -hmm. is a big thing. So just helping them kind of weigh the their options, whether it's even extending into the ING, taking a break, and then coming back and seeing if it works better for them again. Right. Okay. Thank you. For a long time, I've, I've kind of thought that if somebody's on the fence like that, I, you know, I really, I, I'd like to know what their plan is. And, and, I, and I have told more than one person, you know, if you're not really sure what transition out of the military is going to look like for you, you should really consider staying, staying in longer until maybe those plans solidified because your time here in the National Guard, you're not wasting time by staying in. Absolutely, sir. And I encourage soldiers off that as well. If they don't have a plan for when they leave, a one-year extension can help them. Mm -hmm set a foundation outside of the guard 
or even two years with a little bit of a cash bonus can help them (laughs) a bit as well. I never want a soldier to leave without having the National Guard in their back pocket, Mm -hmm. whether it's letters of recommendation from their commanders or first sergeants, job opportunities, making sure that they have a plan for healthcare post Mm -hmm. being in the military. I'm a huge advocate for soldiers. I want soldiers to be taken care of, even if they're not drilling every weekend with, or not every weekend, but every month with us. Um, Mm -hmm. There's never a time where a soldier leaves the National Guard that they should feel like they can't rely on us anymore. Because you've mentioned ING a couple times. Can you say a little bit more about that? That's the inactive National Guard, right? And and I I think, as I understand it, one of the advantages of taking that kind of year break is it's really easy to slide back in. Yes. So if you ETS, you get out and you're not in that ING window or even the inactive reserve where when soldiers enlist, they have their eight-year commitment. Mm -hmm. It's hard to come back if you decide to come back. Um, You have to go back through MEPS sometimes. You have to maintain a standard that you may not have been at during your time away from the guard. Um, And it's it's much easier when you have still a connection Mm -hmm. on paper to -hmm. the National Guard. Um, I'm not sure uh, else to answer that. I'm not an expert uh, in the ING, but the readiness NCOs will definitely know how to. Right, and the retention NCOs that... If you don't know the answer, you know mm-hmm. who to get in touch Absolutely. with. Absolutely. That's yeah. that's why I tell social all the time. I may not know the answer, but I know who to ask, and I know who you can get in contact with. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I, I, I don't know about you all here uh, around the table today, but so many times I have met older men and women who had served maybe one contract, maybe two, who say, I should have stayed longer. Yes. Yes, that is. That's funny you should say that, Chaplain, because uh, – I have never met in my 30 years in the in the Army or the Guard, I've never met someone who has maybe did six to ten years of service who said they were glad they got out. Hmm. And they're probably out there, but I have yeah. never met one personally. But I have met hundreds of folks who have done that six to ten years and said, I should have stayed in. Yeah. 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 So that uh, you should say that. So, Sergeant McCoy. You've got some ambitious goals. That's what I hear in the, for this career in the Guard. And just a little bit. <laughs> you want to become a warrant officer right here. Uh, yeah. Um, Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, becoming a warrant officer, it wasn't something I originally wanted to do. Um, I am currently a sergeant enlisted. Uh, it's the enlisted route. I like the the fact that I can go hands-on with the soldiers. I can actually, you know, work in tandem with them. I could be out in the field. I can do all that. I can help direct, and then I can assist where needed. Um, thought about the officer route, sir, but I think that's a little too uh, like uh, too much paperwork for me. I guess <laughs> <laughs> is the running joke of being an officer. But uh, smart man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> when I when I was learning more and more about the warrant position, they're kind of like the the SME or the subject matter expert uh, subject matter expert of their position in the craft. And for me, being a, a signer, a signals analyst, I I kind of have like this uh, ambitious driving goal to like learn everything that I can about it. And so ever since I became one, it you know I'm. I'm like a geek, I'm a nerd, and so I love all the technology and uh-huh. all the you know little nuances that go into it. 
I learned about becoming a warrant officer and that just kind of fit right into it. Plus also warrant officers do go out to the field and they do Mm -hmm. go hand in hand. They Mm -hmm. work with the soldiers and then they also communicate effectively with the officers. So I'm not necessarily doing all the paperwork, but I'm also there, you know, having fun in the heat of it with everyone else. And I am someone that other soldiers can rely on and I can fully help support them. Yeah. And then, you know, just all of that, just wanting to be there, similar to like Muse Arm Bros, is that uh, it's wanting to be there for the soldiers to help them out, but then also like doing my job effectively and then seeing a big picture like come to light mm-hmm. and seeing it all come together. That's just completely just satisfyingly awesome to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so very cool. Yeah. Very being cool. You know, being a warrant is something in my future. Um, I still need another year of being an NCO because I am right. a fresh NCO. Yep. But um, it, it is definitely in my sights cool. at the moment. Good for you. That's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, that is great. Well, and, and we see this too. And the army is to, to use that expression. I mean, it's a team of teams. Mm-hmm. And we can't all be good at the same things right and, and it's, it takes a lot of different people with different talents and, and expertise working together t- to to accomplish the mission absolutely uh, the big the big break of like uh, mos's like different jobs and mission assignments and having like your um your different walks of life come together mm-hmm. um it really creates the bigger picture um i've mostly only had experience with the myco uh but being um in a BEB unit, I was able to see more of the engineer side as well, being able to see the infantry side, being able to see like all these different working pieces come together. Mm-hmm. Um, through my training in the Guard, it really helped me understand, and it's a really big eye-opener on how interconnected we are. And uh, again, that just goes right back to the whole family and having this community of like everyone has their place, everyone has their purpose, but yet we all like help each other and we lean on each other for information and for just all those techniques to come together into mm-hmm. one giant organization, if you will. Um, it's, I don't know, it just, it gets me going. It makes me all happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, no, me too. And, and it's, I'm constantly impressed by the type of people that we have in the national guard and you have your Mm -hmm. military occupation specialty and that's what you do for the army, but it, it could be completely unrelated to what you do outside uh, of uniform. I mean, we've, we've got, you know, Intel people who work in law enforcement on the Mm -hmm. civilian side, we've, we've even got, you know, religious affairs specialists and non-commissioned officers who are tradesmen, welders, and um, work for DHS and other organizations across the state, just bringing all that experience and expertise then into what we do in the military. And I know I've, I've met with a lot of senior active Army leaders who acknowledge just that, that richness that people in the Guard bring um, to what we do in the, in the military. So now I have a confession to make because... You know, I've I've known you both now for several years, but I never knew what you do in your civilian careers. So that was fascinating to me to learn. So a two-part question, how do you balance your civilian careers and those pursuits with your commitment to the Guard? Because you've both deployed and, and been gone and had to kind of step away from your civilian careers for a while and, and then go back, transition back. And I mean, is it do you feel like it's complementary or how has the Guard perhaps helped you achieve or work toward your goals outside the military as well? 
Well, I would say that sometimes it's hard to balance. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just matters on you know what I want to pursue. The guard's always been there. They've always been flexible, and they've helped me. Um, before deploying to Kosovo, I was working full time for the G two office in as a security technician, making sure everybody's clearances were all squared away. Because mm. when you're an MI, you have the clearance to check other people's clearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when we came home, um, my husband and I both took a little bit of a break, which has been really nice. And then I started working for DHS. Uh, remote admin, which has been super beneficial to my actual career goal in precision agriculture. So I can pursue a bachelor's degree easily um, with the help of the guard with my post 9-11 GI Bill, as well as um, working, being able to work remote. Well, Annette, you're at Oregon State too, and members of the National Guard receive free tuition at at Oregon State schools. Yeah, with um, I I chose personally to use um my post nine eleven instead of TA to save the TA for later. Sure. I just like that little extra bump of um my Smart. housing paid for. Yeah, um, yeah, which is one of the best benefits of post nine eleven. Yeah, I used the post nine eleven GI Bill myself mm-hmm. when, when I was going to seminary. That's amazing. I'm glad that soldiers are able to use it for not so things that aren't traditional, whether it's an associate's or bachelor's or master's degrees, they can use it for trades or they can use it for professional certificates or, mm-hmm. or things that aren't the regular path that yeah. um, young people are told that they need to be on. Yeah. Um, so the, as far as balancing it, I could probably be better sometimes. Um, I think we all could. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I make it work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned, the different certifications and things like that, that the army will help you achieve. I I recently learned you can get CrossFit level one certified Mm -hmm. uh, and the army will pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just about who to ask, which is knock, knock, knock the retention. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how they came full circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sensing that Sarn Burroughs is going to put on a class for all retention NCOs. That's what I'm picking up here. (laughs) How about you, Sir McCoy? How do you how do you kind of find that balance, and, and how does the guard help you with your civilian pursuits, and vi- maybe vice versa? Yeah. Um, so when we met on deployment, um, I was not at all in connection with my uh, MOS or being a signator in the military versus my civilian career. Right. I was I was actually a sheet metal worker, and so that was a trade. Um, I liked being hands on. I wanted to see if that was something that. You know, being more in the trade or the craft would be something that I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Figured out real quick that it, it wasn't something that was, uh, I guess, in my sights, if you will. Um, went on deployment. I thought about it a while. Um, it gave me the time to, in 2020, to kind of think about um, what I wanted to do on the civilian side. Um, because while on deployment, I also figured out that I actually really like you know, working with, you know, either signals or with that technology, trying to um, figure out the systems and working in that group and doing a trade like that isn't really the same. And so it helped me, I guess, broaden my horizons and and look for um, a different job. And by doing that and also by having the clearance and making sure that I'm good to go with that, I found a job with L3 Harris Mm -hmm. and it's kind of funny. Um, in the National Guard, I work on more of kind of like the back end. I don't actually get physical with the radios or do anything like that. Um, in L3 Harris, it's a lot of touching the radios and a lot of uh, actually maintenancing and PMing the radios or preventative maintenance, if you will. 
And so in an odd way, I didn't think this would happen, but in an odd way, I kind of almost made a all encompassing, like I work with programming, but then I also work with hands-on. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, I did not plan this at all, <laughs> but I am now kind of all eccentric with radio systems yeah. and it really helped me. Uh, the guard really helped me gain the knowledge to be able to get the job. So while being a slightly different skill set, it still showed L3 Harris like, hey, this guy knows how to work with radios. We mm -hmm. can talk to him um, about all these little nuances and these, you know, nitty gritty things that a lot of people don't know about. And he will be able to uh, retain that and then be able to move forward. So the guard really helped me gain that general skill set. Mm -hmm. And even though it wasn't directly translatable or what I do in the guard, it was still along the same field. And it gave me enough tools and knowledge to be able to transfer that. And now I get this more all-encompassing picture. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good success story right there. Yeah. I, like I said, I, Sir Major, I didn't even have any clue what I was doing or what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but I just kind of landed here. And I, I think truthfully, I don't, I wouldn't have even been able to be given this uh, opportunity or this position if I wasn't in the guard. And if I didn't take that leap to mm -hmm. try and be a, uh, to try and be, you know, in the Myco or in anything like that. So right. it's, yeah, completely coincidental, or I guess I just kind of had this vision I didn't know about, and I just kept pushing, pushing forward, and then I, I found myself in a place to where I can, you know, smile and relax and take a breather. Yeah, that's that's something I'm not used to yeah. in my previous. Careers. Well, you, you can ask our mutual friend uh, Sergeant Hamby. I, I don't I don't believe in coincidences, mm. um, but you used another keyword, opportunity, yes. and I think whether it's in. I mean, this is, your civilian career is a testament to this and to be successful in the military. Part of it is just finding out what opportunities are available and then taking care of yourself and being ready to, to, to take advantage of those opportunities when they do present themselves. Yep, and have a little faith that that might work out and take the, take the opportunity and just go for it. So it sounds like that's what you folks are doing. Yeah, absolutely. As much as an advocate and I, as I am for soldiers, um, the most successful soldiers I've met have been advocates for themselves and taking their mm -hmm. own career in their hands Absolutely, and, and bothered people and, <laughs> and looked up job postings and made sure that they knew where to get the opportunities that they were given. Mm -hmm. Ask the, ask the questions. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It was, it was actually you, Sergeant Burroughs, that, uh, you gave me, like, I, I wasn't quite sure where to look or what to do. And I was, when I was signing my reenlistment, um, you had mentioned a couple of sites. And so without that information and without that connection, without me trying to find that, uh, you just kind of laid it all out. And you're like, hey, you could apply to this because of your military occupation. And because of that, that's how I was able to make the, the leap for it. So I Congratulations. guess. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, that's the thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, yeah I, I, well, and it's so great. Um, did you know he was going to say that? Sorry I did not, this. sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, and that's just a huge testament to just the power of, of taking care of people mm -hmm. and the relationships that we build here, here in the Guard. Well, so my big theme or the what we're trying to – to talk about with this podcast, Open the Trenches, is living and leading with hope. Because, you know, I get the, the sense that, too, that there are a lot of people that feel like they're floundering or, or struggling. Well, and, and maybe, you know, you could think about this for just a moment. Um, 
but you know what what gives what gives you both hope and you know, maybe does your experience here in the guard play into that and when i talk about hope it you know that belief that a better future is possible that tomorrow can be better and that each of us has the power to make life better for the people around us yeah absolutely um one thing that's really helped me is that the guard has given me or at least just the army in general has given me a set of challenges and a set of things to do starting off with you know whether it be as you know i dare i don't want to say easy but basic training you know it's a it's a huge mental game to test you and just kind of mm-hmm. just to kind of show you that you are um, stronger than what you think you are. Going on deployment, um, we did the 13-hour ultra marathon. Yeah. Um, and while doing that, running the 51 miles, I never imagined that I would run 51 miles straight. Like that is something that I would have never done if I wasn't in the guard. Yeah. That yeah. was something that you know I never would have even thought possible. Like I was a runner when I was younger, but mm-hmm. not that type of runner. And that was not an easy course. It was not an easy course, and uh, like. I think going through all these experiences, deployments and meeting people and seeing everyone's story or at least hearing about it and then um, seeing my own story and the fact that I am building this uh, career and I'm building this like lifestyle, this this huge change. The fact that I've gone this far um, into this and I've faced all these challenges, it's something that I can reference, look back on. And I guess that is something that mm-hmm. really gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Especially while like every day or every M day, like being in the guard, um, every the weekend a month that we're actually here and I be I can experience everything with all my, you know, brothers and sisters in green. Um, it really helps me push forward, mm-hmm. drive forward and giving me that hope of, you know, if I can handle this, if I can tackle this, I know for a fact I can tackle whatever's gonna come next. Yeah. So yeah, an incredible achievement in an, in itself. And something that you can build on to even bigger and better things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say what gives me hope is knowing that every phone number I have in my phone that has Sergeant or PFC or major in front of it, I can call that person on my worst day and say, Hey, can you help me out? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have known them if it weren't for being here. And I hope that my number being in somebody's phone, they can call me. Mm-hmm. and find that little light at the end of the tunnel um, for their worst mm-hmm. their worst times. Um, what also gives me hope is the soldiers that do stay around are usually all on the same page that I want to make this organization better. I want to better myself, mm-hmm. and I want to better my, my friends and my family around me. Absolutely. That's awesome. So we do say that leaders are readers, and uh, podcasts are great for personal and professional development as well. Uh, have you read anything recently or what kind of, uh, podcast do you listen to on a regular basis? I love to read Sergeant Major, but I, (laughs) I find it hard to find time to do it. So I listen to books a lot. Okay. Um, anytime I'm in the car and I'm by myself and I don't have to entertain somebody else, I listen to a book. Um, I'm a big sci-fi person, um, but usually the sci-fi I listen to is military-based, and I've been listening to a series called Expeditionary Force on Audible, and it's it's just a story about an everyday Joe who kind of <laughs> ends up becoming a colonel after... Um, oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> yes. So, But just listening to his journey and the struggles he's gone through as trying to become a leader that's thrown upon him have kind of helped me, you know, think about where I should be as a leader and how I can help soldiers and 
listening to somebody else's struggle sometimes helps you with your mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. I'd have to say that it's probably the, uh, I'm a huge audiobook listener and huge sci-fi listener too. And uh, it's probably the best fictional book I've read or listened to that really capture the military intricacies and lifestyles and makes light of it, but also, you know, shows you why those bonds that are created, th those numbers you have in your phone that you can rely on. It, it's the closest thing I've ever experienced to, uh, encapsulating that feeling. Yeah, I agree. The author is fantastic. Uh, R.C. Bray, who reads R the book, is R phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> no comparison. R.C. Bray, hands down. Any book read by him is a good book. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Sarah McCoy? Um, I <laughs> I have to confess that I, I don't really read much, um, but I, I do listen to like a lot of music and podcasts. Um, podcasts are more kind of on the, I guess, the nerdy spectrum, if you will. Um, I'm very much into... Uh, like music that's motivational. Um, I guess I, I like reading the, uh, the lyrics of like some songs or some, uh, like rappers or anything like that, that, um, are really motivational. My mm -hmm. main one that I've been listening to is, uh, NF or Nate Ferris. He's, he's, uh, very much about like, look into yourself and every, every line that he has, I guess that I listen to, um, or that I, you know, read if I'm just to read the lyrics, they, each one could be like, an Instagram post, right? <laughs> right? Or it could be just like a snippet and a lot of it's motivational. Yeah. Um, there are some podcasts I've heard of the podcasts that you were talking about. Um, I haven't actually listened to it yet. Um, I will admit. Um, but I recently because of my new job, uh, working for L3 Harris, I've only been with them for a uh, little less than a year. Um, it's been a lot of getting into that position and then also with the guard and coming off of like active duty status, I've been kind of scrambling a little bit, helping with family and stuff. So I haven't actually sat down and found a new podcast or like, um, found any new books to read. Um, I'm more of a, for media, I'm more of a gamer and I listen to music. So that's kind of, that kind of takes a lot of my free time whenever I can, but, uh, definitely the, some of the podcasts, like I, I did listen to this podcast a little bit. I will admit. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> over the over the a weekend quick plug. is yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I think Sergeant Holden paid him to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, while I was out in the field, I uh, I kind of I downloaded a couple of the episodes, um, a couple being like ten episodes or so, and uh, nice. I would just like listen to it and just kind of hearing the story. It again, it it just kind of got me going, like hearing. Uh, people who have been out or people who are currently going through um, either or it just it gives me that like drive mm -hmm. to push on and seeing everyone's I don't want to say struggle but their kind of like commitment and just pushing on and persevering through it has uh, helped me I guess uh, want to listen to more if you will and so this will definitely be definitely be a, uh, a podcast that I would listen to. Um, but again, I guess it's just, I'm not really in the podcast world yet. I haven't actually like explored it <laughs> again. I'm more of like musician. I love music and, uh, I love like games and movies and stuff. So, but yeah, reading and podcasts, I'm, I'm not too, uh, fluent with if you that's will. A, that's okay. Sir McCoy. Well, yeah. and just as we, <laughs> you know, as we wrap it up to, I, I think, one of the things you just said highlights the fact that we we're better together and mm -hmm. we make each other better and we lift each other up and and together we accomplish so much more than than we could ever do alone so i hey i want to thank you guys so much for your time today this was such a fun conversation 
and I'll look forward to to watching to see your careers as they continue to to advance um, mm. and just look forward to crossing paths with you again here in here in the guard. Thanks again and blessings to you both. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Appreciate you, sir. you too. Thank you, yeah. Sergeant Major. Keep up Thank the good sir, work. Major. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs>